Welcome to the Glorious Kingdom of Recap, the podcast where we cover some of the latest news featured on our social media pages. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. I am your host, James Earl Jones Hyde, and with me today are the ordinary man, Anthony Arnold. And Professor X. <laughs> oh, sorry. All Gentlemen. Right. Well, Francine, Francine ruined it. Let's just let's let's get let's, let's get just go started. with it. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> what up, y'all? The ordinary man. That's that's I love it. <laughs> Honestly, I like that. That was good. All right, it's better okay. when James Earl Jones calls you an ordinary man. <laughs> <laughs> James Earl Jones Hyde. The ordinary yeah. man. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the Kingdom of Pointcast. I like it. Professor, let us talk about the trends. So, the Oscars happened recently. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and while the Oscars are always buzzworthy, there was an, a particular event that was perhaps more buzzworthy than the Oscars themselves. Uh, and that was the, uh, I am of course referring to the exchange between uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock. Exchange. It's a good word for it. Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, i know this is several weeks ago at this point and uh you might be asking well, why are we talking why are you guys talking about this we have heard all of the takes well we have heard all of the takes i agree and so we're gonna we're gonna largely gloss over like you know the the uh the inspiring event the the event itself and the and the concert and like the immediate fallout uh, but uh, they have announced the Will Smith's punishment for striking Chris Rock. Oh, that's new. He, yeah. he, he will be banned from attending the Oscars for a period not to exceed 10 years. Yep. Uh, it is also, he has resigned his position as a member of the Academy as well. So he will I not didn't be know able that. to vote for the um for, for for future nominations uh at least for the for you know for the foreseeable future now jada his plinkett smith his wife has not um uh recent like say uh resigned from the academy so she will continue to be a member of the academy but it's, a, it's an observation they even banned him from attending virtually which did they really? Virtually, though? Yeah. Indeed. Huh. How? That feels weird. Yep. Uh, Does that mean uh, he can't but, watch from home? <laughs> uh, it, it means that he cannot uh, Zoom Virch? He just they can't, can't put can't a laptop z- in a chair and have him Zoom in. That's yeah. What they, yeah. But he can totally watch it on TV. Yeah, he, he can watch it on TV. 
which is like virtual. I attend the Oscars virtually all the time. But I, I guess <laughs> I guess I'm confused. Like, would, would he have like a like a a point to show up like on a Zoom call during the Oscar? I'm I guess I'm just confused as to what I I, I have never is. attended or uh, or helped uh, do the Oscars. This is all beyond me. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Um, but uh, I was like, my my favorite now my favorite take to this was uh, from a person on Reddit who just said I would have thought a bigger punishment would have been compulsory attendance for the uh, to the Oscars for the next ten years. <laughs> <laughs> you must attend. You must stay the whole time. You must set help set up. You must help tear down. Oh, have him set up chairs. Oh, <laughs> oh, that like terrible. force him to be a part of the setup committee. Yeah, Dude. I mean, yeah, actually, that 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 feels like a. You get to hang banners. Oh my god! You guys, you'll learn hanging. You get to set up sound equipment. So uh, I was like, so like, so what? (laughs) I'm so I'm talking about. I'm only bringing this up because uh, no, they they have not listed any fine. They uh, have only listed that he will not. um, He can't attend. He cannot attend. I mean, even if there was a fine, it's not like he couldn't pay it. Like I don't, I don't right. see I mean, what the point of the fine would be. Said. That's probably why they didn't find him. Yes. Um, but so the the point I said so the interesting thought you know part about this that I thought was like noteworthy was that the Oscars appears to be uh, doling out some type of consequence for you know for actions taken by. By people in the academy and uh the this is largely new territory for the oscars um and i mean it's a you know this is a this is a slap this is like the faintest of slap slaps on the wrist but it's not nothing so just thought it thought it was interesting thought that we'd have a thought i want i want to hear your guys' take on this on the so, punishment on the punishment Uh, go ahead yeah so i like my initial thoughts uh were kind of weird because i I think especially right after there was like a lot of confusion as to what did or didn't happen and then what will like did or didn't do uh in terms of like with his oscar that he won or like whether or not he resigned and whether or not they kicked him out or in a couple of other things uh, and so, like, it's nice to have some official clarity as to what the, you know, Academy and the Oscars actually want to do uh, with him. But I would say, honestly, like, I'm just happy that this birthed a, a bunch of new memes. That's like it. I don't so I wouldn't many. say that I care about the actual event itself, the Oscars or the actual, you know, physical strike <laughs> that created this whole scenario. But like, I just like the Internet loves to come together for things like this and just the boundless creativity of people in their free time will never cease to amaze me and that's actually what i found most interesting about this whole event yeah so i mean alex though because we talked i do care about the oscars i've i've watched uh, as basically since i was sort of a young adult uh i have watched the oscars almost every year until recently so I actually really do like the Oscars. Um, so, I, but I won't go down that tangent though, because that's this whole separate conversation. Yeah, but I will answer your question, Alex. 
it is weird. Even if we think the pro, even if they think that's is an appropriate punishment, and which I which I don't think it's totally inappropriate. Maybe ten years is a little long, in my opinion, but it's fine. I, however, it is weird that this is he is being punished in an industry that does not give a damn about all sorts of misbehavior from its members. Yes, and that is just like. Uh, what was your like we all we all know Ezra Miller as the Flash, and Ezra Miller has had all sorts of problematic behavior in public. There's all sorts of like, you know, Ezra Miller, man. Like I know his most recent thing with being in a fight. Like DC had to come together and be like, "Hey, are we sure about future Flash movies with Ezra?" Um, the Academy doesn't appear to care doesn't appear to care about that. And these are things that sometimes result in actual legal charges. True. So, do they only care that it happened at the Oscars? If Will Smith had smacked the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth in private, would they not have cared? Apparently, they would not have. No, I I wholeheartedly think if this was like an issue that happened outside of the the stage of the Oscars, we may have heard about it, but there wouldn't have been any like there wouldn't have been any consequence other than right. what happened between the two of them, whether or not like charges were pressed or whatever. Right. Yeah. And apparently even if charges were pressed, they wouldn't have cared. Also fair. I mean, you can be an actual criminal and still it's in the Oscars. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, I think this is actually a, an important question that Francine posed. If, if uh, my spouse was insulted, would I have done the same thing? Um, oh, we're gonna do this. <laughs> I, this, could, this is a law. Okay, I, I'll I'll keep my answer as brief as I can when we answer it. So go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. So I I don't think that that place or time is the time to do that. Like if I was Will Smith, I would have like taken mental strong mental note of the fact that it happened <laughs> and found Chris Rock after the show and then slapped his ass. <laughs> But like, I, I like I, I'm not necessarily on the Chris Rock or Will Smith camp. In my mind, they were both in the wrong. But like, I think that that was clearly not the time or place to do it, and that is the consequence that we have run into. I, I, I'll 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 feel this one, Anthony. So, all right, what? What did we want Will Smith to do? If I'm not let me, let me let me run through like the conceivable list of options. Do nothing. Just you know, sit there, grit your teeth, do nothing. Um, and uh, um, people watching you, uh, like you know, would just like would just call you weak, and he would be slandered. Like, and he you'd just be slandered in in, in the news. Okay, so. One, uh, one, be slandered. Two, um, maybe just say, maybe do the keep my wife's name out your mouth comment. Um, trying to be a little bit more fam- friendly on this show. Um, <laughs> or what? Uh, this is not a family show. Uh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I say, so I say, so say something. And like you know, and like I say, uh, and like 
then you'd be slandered in the media for being like unhinged, not can't take a joke. Um, so, so two, three, like get out and say, wait until, uh, wait until hope. So maybe is a, maybe you win your award and you get a chance to give a speech and then you just like, you know, slam him there. Uh, and th- 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 this is probably like the best scenario, but that's like, uh, maybe I win the award and forever, uh, part of my, like, part of the legacy of the, of my, of, like, the greatest achievement of my career, um, was, uh, I had to, uh, make fun of, uh, of a, of a friendly acquaintance, um, because he, uh, it was an off-color joke he made about my wife, or, you know, say, or, like, you know, the fourth, the fourth option is, you know, like, what he did, oh, sorry, sorry, option four, what he did, option five, leave, and just not be there for potentially the pinnacle and greatest achievement of his career thus far. Yeah. There, there, there's not a good, there's maybe a, there's, you know, you, you roll the dice, you just bet it all. And like this one, maybe good potential outcome. Yeah. I mean, the issue here is that the Oscars is a professional industry event. People are there to be recognized and applauded for their achievement, not get made fun of. Despite what some people may think the Oscars are, because that's what they have been. As I told you, I'm a person who's watched them pretty religiously. This is what they have been the last 10 or so years. But historically, the Oscars are not a place where people go to get clowned on. They're a place where people go, if you want to do that, that's what the Golden Globes is for. That is historically the division. The Globes are where we clown around. The Oscars are... This one, they used to, you know, they're a professional black tie event where people are honored and recognized for their achievement. They don't actually go there expecting for not them, but their wives to get made fun. This is a crucial thing. Yeah. No one would suggest you should make fun of Denzel Washington's wife or Matt Damon's wife. No one is like, we don't know, uh, you know, Kate Blanchett showed up and we're just going to clown her husband. What did they do? Jada's just there to support her husband. You didn't make fun of Will, the actual guy who's there to actually be, who's actually nominated. Normally the nominees expect to get a little bit of razzing. Jada Pink is not a nominee. She's not even, she's just, she doesn't even there. do much acting. She's, she's literally just there. just there, yeah. She's literally just there. So like, I don't know. If you want to razz the nominees, okay. I, maybe keep it pretty faint and lighthearted, but okay. But like, but asking to answer what Francine asked, to answer what you asked, I think there is actually conceivably some level of insult in which I would smack a person in public. Yes, yes. I said this to Alex. Like, if we all went out to eat and one of you got super liquored up and said something real crazy about Heather, I mean, I might slap you in a restaurant. Yeah, there is some level of insult at which, like. I mean, I'm probably gonna slap you, like in public. Yeah, you know, you know, you crossed the line. I know you yeah. crossed the line. And now I'm the just question is, enforce this. Where is the line? I don't know. It's different for everybody. But there is some level of insult in which, like, oh no, I'm I'm swinging on you. Let's say, yeah. uh, let's say, uh, for example, um, for example, so um, my wife, say, my wife's a ginger, um, and uh, so she she takes the like. People say like, well, gingers don't have any souls. Like it's an old, <laughs> it's a very old 
like you know b- uh, you know uh belief but like she takes let's say she's heard it in her life like multiple times or like you know i'll beat you like a red set you know redheaded stepchild and then like well i am a redheaded child and like i take that personally and like that just like sticks with her and so you you say you make a joke of like well you know you know so you know, say uh well let's say well we know there's at least two souls in that family i, I we're gonna have work i mean, we're gonna have more than words yeah yeah i mean josh that's specifically for you and i like i know we're men of color there is some level of racial insult in public and we're like oh no it's swinging time like i'm it's hands we have words to, the word time has ended we are so, at the hands point of this exchange. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys in on a secret, and I don't think I've actually told this to anybody other than the people who were involved in my wife. So this is this is new information to you probably. But uh, me dating white women has been like a, a thing for a very long time, but that's like common in the black community. Um, there are probably lots of black people who may not have or who may have some feelings about that, but that, we're not getting into that right now. That's a that's a pod for another day. But uh, in high school, I had uh, a white girlfriend and we were at, I think it was the Lafayette Square Mall, like in in Indianapolis, right? Like we're, we're just in, <laughs> we're, we're in Indianapolis. And sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking back to the incident. Um, we, we were, we went to some stores because she wanted to buy some new pants. And while, while we were there, I went to GameStop and like, we just had, we made like a day of it. We were at the mall spending what little money we as teenagers had because we can do that. We're teenagers. And we had stopped to get some ice cream because she really loved ice cream. That was just like a thing. Like if that was like her, like I am feeling bad, I'm going to eat something. And it was always ice cream. That was just how she worked. I'm not going to give her name because we don't need to do that right now. And on the way out, there was this old white couple who was like chilling on a bench. And as we passed by, we, we had our ice cream. And like this, again, this, this, this older white couple was chilling on his bench. We passed by him. I didn't even realize they were there until like this happened. So like as we were passing by, the lady, not the man, the lady stood up. She didn't directly get in our way, but it was clear that she was about to say something to us. And she looked directly at me, at me, and said, you're going to hell. And then sat back down. And I was like, what? What? Okay. Uh, All right. I didn't think I did anything particularly bad today, but sure, (laughs) fine. Like, I, I didn't even think that it was racially motivated at the time. I was just like, <laughs> all right, whatever, weird lady. So we kept walking. And then, right, out, right outside a hot topic, where we went to go get her pants, this other guy with some tattoos, he who had just been shopping, comes out. No, I didn't fight the old lady, Francine. I, I did nothing to the old couple. I let them go about their way. They were clearly stuck in their ways. This is where the actual incident happened. But I, I wanted to bring it to, I wanted to, I wanted to bring the first part to the attention because it, it again informed the next the rest of the day so then this other guy comes out and he he didn't say anything directly to me but like we were going in and clearly we were together like we were doing the 
typical teenager, like we're PDA. Uh, we didn't like directly make out or anything, but like we're, we're clearly holding hands. Like while she was looking at some stuff in the window, I was like holding on to her. Like it's, it's clear that we're together. And like we go in there, we do some shopping, we come out and she finds something like chilling out in the front that she's wanting to look at. And so like we're chilling there and this guy comes out and he looks directly at her and says, what are you doing here with an N-word? And this is, keep in mind, this is the Lafayette Square Mall. We, we are in like the middle, the west side of Indianapolis. Knuckle up time. <laughs> and I, so like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a very violent person. But there was like a, there was like a, a, a switch that's kind of like flipped in my brain. And I remember hearing that and then like remembering what happened afterward. Because to be honest, I actually don't remember what happened directly after that statement. I remember being moved away from that man. That is the next thing that I remember <laughs> is like saying that me moving, like I wasn't even thinking about it, I just moved. And then the next thing I remember is like uh, mall security and my, my at the time girlfriend removing me from this person. And yeah. 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 Like I said, there are conceivably some things you can say in public. To which, yeah, knuckled up. We're going to throw hands. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, that's what... And it's also illustrative of the whole thing. The first couple didn't get the problem. But it's the second one who says something crazy. They're like, okay, you're paying the sins of the first one, too. <laughs> I let the first one slide. The second one... Oh, hold up now. I'm not going to walk through this whole ass mall and have everyone call me all sorts of names in the mall. Not, not gonna happen. You're not gonna call me an N-word to my face like this. I should should I walk away? I should, but like I'm not obligated to leave. You're obligated to not call me a, an N-word in the middle of the Lafayette Square Mall. The, and that, that in my mind, like thinking <laughs> back on it, that's the part that is like the most confusing to me is where it happened. Like, it's not like we were, like, in southern Indiana or, like, anywhere where that might make sense. I was in the Lafayette Square Mall, surrounded by other Black people. Like, right. what in your brain makes you think that that's a good idea? <laughs> like, what? Ah, uh, uh, the, uh, the west side of Indy. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't get it. And on that note, <laughs> let's talk about the poll. <laughs> I love Josh story time as a note. Josh story time is always wonderful. You're welcome. <laughs> I've, uh, lived, I've lived a very interesting life up until now. I mean, I knew it was going poorly as soon as you were like, I, a black man, dates white woman. I was like, ah, fellow black man, I see this. And I know exactly where this story ends. Yep. I knew someone called you the N-word, didn't every, every, everybody <laughs> has one. Everybody has one. Like every, every black oh, yeah. man that is either dating or married to a white woman has at least one. Oh yeah. Story at least. Oh, I've been called all sorts of monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> it did the same way. Anyway, onto the poll, <laughs> onto the poll question. Um, polls drop on our social media pages every Friday. This one, 
this is a crazy poll. This is a yes. wild poll. I'm so excited to talk about it and to the conversation it'll lead to uh, later in the episode. So I'm going to give a, 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 a I'm not going to read the whole thing, but so it says Janice has a unique story to tell. In 2019, she was hospitalized for an undisclosed health matter. At that time, she experienced cardiac death. In other words, she died. But Janice was conscious the whole time. She recalls hearing someone say her time of death, but not feeling sad about it. And she remembers her room in detail, people in the room removing things from her body. So at this way, she was supposed to have been picked up, um, prepared for burial, and then cremated within uh, 72 hours. She was supposed to be cremated. But and her story says that she self-resuscitated. Um, now, there's a report where, where uh, Dr. Jeffrey Long writes about experiences like this, calling them near-death experiences. So what does this mean for Janice? Now, she says she wants there to be a legal distinction made between cardiac death, which is what she experienced, and brain death. She wants there to be at least a three-day waiting period before a body is prepared or whatever the, child, the family you know, has chosen. Um, she wants bodies to be stored in a certain way to allow for self-resuscitation to take place if possible. So now the question was, do we agree? Do we think there should be a legal protection for a person who has experienced cardiac death? Or do you think that this is a rarity and well, great for Janice does not require a law? Um, I'll go first. It's great for Janice. But no, I don't think you could craft a law. Uh, I don't think you could craft a law around this. Um, I think exceptions are exceptions. And while it is incredible to have stories like this happen, if we think that this wasn't also the case of just someone really, really screwing up in the hospital, which we should not discount. Um, but you cannot craft a law around every exception. The, the law would be almost incomprehensible um, and unenforceable because you would just have so many exceptions carved out that the law would no longer cease to function in a stable, stable way. So that's my short version. Uh, I, I did Alex on the last one that they hit first. So Josh. Yes, sir. Your turn, your turn to go first. Uh, so my thoughts on this are kind of weird. Um, it, it's first off freaking miraculous that this happened to begin with. Um, but I, I don't, my biggest concern is that writing a protection for this kind of situation into the law requires more uh, I'm going to make my statement and then I want you to let me clean it up before you respond. Uh, I feel like writing things into the law requires more than the experience of one person. Like a law is something that is designed to be enforceable to in my mind, like the largest majority of people. And so, yes, while there are exceptions to every rule, um, I, I don't necessarily know that a legal protection would make the impact that she would want. In my mind, we should do more, like, I, I think, so this is, this is the, whole, the whole point. I think like going about this from a legal perspective is not what she, like not what would actually help her and people in her situation. I think like, Funding more research into like cardiac death versus brain death and like how we should handle them both and ways that they can be saved and other things along those lines is probably more what she would need. That feels like something that the hospital should know more about, not the law. So in that regard, I don't know if a law 
even if we were to make one, like in, in the in the perfect situation that she's asking for, I don't know that that would actually help her and people in her situation. I think instead, what we need to do is do more medical research and figure out better ways to handle that. I mean, That's I, my I, largely, I largely agree with both of you. Um, this is a this is a medical problem. Um, d- namely, in like the uh, how we. How you, like how we determine you know cause of death? So like you know like so fun like fun facts. Um, uh, you used to um have a bet. Used to like on, when you buried people, uh, you would run a a string in uh like I was like I got a bet from a bell over the gravestone into the coffin. Uh, and I say and like is a uh in, in, like for like for the persons if they woke up they could pull the string and it would ring the bell and people would come over there and, you know, and, and dig you up and help you out because we were really, I, as it turns out, humans are really bad, like are very like, are not very precise instruments and they're not very good at, uh, at uh, like determining like if someone is dead, like, you know, so you, you have to have, in, you have to develop instruments and other, and other readings to help you with this. And, uh, this just kind of, you know, this is a case of, well, our our existing instruments are significantly better than, you know, just human intuition and our own like senses. They're not perfect, and we should maybe put steps like more steps into place to like to, and they will never actually they will never be perfect, but we should maybe put steps in place to. Uh, you know, for multiple metrics that significantly, you know, significantly reduce the times where you were wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. exactly. False positive, yeah. like, the, you know, I say, uh, you wouldn't say you wouldn't accept if your car worked, uh, you know, nine, nine out of 10, your car will not explode nine out of 10 times or 99 out of a hundred times. Cause I mean, your car explodes once a year. Uh yes, nine hundred and ninety-nine three times right. a year actually. Right. <laughs> right, right. So nine, I say nine hundred ninety-nine out of a thousand mean your cars. Ex- that means your car explodes on average once every two years. Sorry, once every once every three years. Yeah, so I need ninety-nine point nine 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 nine, and I need like two of those. Because <laughs> then mean- the odds of you ex- of like getting both of them wrong are. I mean, very, very unlikely. Yeah. And one thing I did want to note, actually, just about this before we move on, this specific question. While I'm not familiar with all the religions of the world, I am fairly certain that there are religions that do basically require a body be buried or cremated quicker Mm -hmm. than what she's suggesting. Yes. So you'd have all sorts of religious challenges to any law like this. Also fair. Like, I'm pretty sure, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I've, yeah, there are multiple religions that do require a body be processed within like 24 hours, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would just never be able to make this function. So yeah. I, I just had a very morbid thought that I felt like I needed to share. Uh, given that this discusses cremation, I can only imagine that there are probably horror stories from crematories about people who were sent there who were supposed to have been dead and weren't uh yeah i mean it turns out that yeah as alex pointed out measuring measuring 
death is a is a tricky thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, death has been a tricky thing. Why do you think so many religions try to handle it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, especially when you get to ideas of the soul and things like that. I mean, the idea that the soul leaves when your body dies and what we need to process the body and do something with the soul. It's, it's a complicated thing. So it's a complicated question. And because it's complicated, you really can't make stringent laws around it. Yeah. Because it's too complicated. You would box too many different people in trying to have a really formal strict legal process we just sort of wing it and hope for the best which is not ideal but we're accommodating millions of people and tons of different faiths and beliefs so we've been flying by the seat of our pants since we started we're not gonna stop <laughs> yeah yeah something like this we're not gonna stop so that's that's the poll question i know it's gonna lead to the to the discussion for this episode so i'll let you get on with it man yeah so uh the discussion in this case was actually is, is actually pretty simple um I had a couple of thoughts when when reading this, and I kind of wanted to get you guys' opinions on how laws should handle outliers and exceptions. So I know in a general sense that there's not really a way to write laws regarding exceptions. That's why they're exceptions, right? I'm not saying that we should. What I am questioning, if I can put it into more specific words, is that uh, we often, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this earlier, we often make laws uh, that are basically written for the broadest possible application, which has been, in my mind, both a blessing and a curse. And hasn't really allowed us to make real determinations for things like, you know, outliers and exceptions and things along those lines. So, I guess now that I, now that I'm I'm getting into the meat of the question, maybe I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do we believe? <laughs> do we believe there is a way to allow laws to apply in more what I'm going to call not obvious scenarios? Let me give you an example. So I know that there's a lot of discussion regarding abortion and abortion laws. And one of the things that a lot of abortion laws in my mind do not tackle are the prospects of an unwanted birth, usually due to some kind of sexual assault. It's usually just about whether or not the abortion is or is not going to happen, right? I think that that is a perfect example of an exception that could be covered under a law. Do we believe there are other laws that that kind of situation could apply to? Um, I say, I don't think that that exception works uh, as a law. Like that exception just doesn't work. Um, so uh, we, we've seen, like we've seen this before. Um, in place, like in places that try, like that try to pass, like that, um, that say that uh, exception. They try to put in the exception of accepted instances of rape or incest. Okay, so then I have, I say, so incest is actually relatively easy to prove. You could kind of, you can just do some like basic DNA testing, and like it, that kind of solves the problem. Um, but uh, rape, so prove it. Prove to us 
that this pregnancy is result as a result of rape and not that you're just irresponsible. This is this this isn't my opinion. This is their stated objective. Mm. And it's okay. like, well, now I have to do like a so like what what constitutes what constitutes a a case like a, a rape case? Is it a is it that a um, charges were filed? Is it successful? Is it a successful litigation? Is it w- what what is it? How does this work? And they, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't work. No one has come up with a, a system that like, that doesn't just further, pe- like further traumatize people already in a difficult uh, situation. Okay. That's fair. That's uh, okay. Yes. They also, it also, <laughs> it also is a weird, the reason why that, that one is sometimes challenging is because like people feel like the circumstance of the conception doesn't say anything about the value of the potential child and that's why some people object to it like even in those circumstances um which again i'm not you know that's just some of their objections i mean i i think the answer i think i think the, the 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 answer is the culture has to recognize when there is an exception that has occurred and it has to have some sort of agreement that we will allow this thing in this case, even if it violates the law. We as a culture agree this is acceptable, even if it is not legal. It is acceptable that you were raped. We think it is acceptable to get an abortion, even if it's not necessarily legal under our but but like people don't want to make these distinctions, right? Or like but like what Alex mentioned, like, is it legal to hit a person who calls you the N-word? I mean, no, but we're not going to press charges. Lafayette Mall is going to be like, we're not going to arrest this kid. So everyone just walk the F away and we'll all pretend it didn't happen. We're not putting him in jail. We're not throwing you out the mall for calling another patron an N-word. Nope. Everyone leave go home <laughs> like is it illegal did, did josh commit assault yes <laughs> yes that is legally assault but like we have to agree so the agreement the exceptions are cultural not legal you can't craft legal exceptions for everything because you have no idea what might happen in 50 years That's but fair. the culture creates its own exceptions Okay. This is okay. like the dueling stuff. Dueling was illegal. You were not supposed to duel. But like no one arrested Aaron Burr. <laughs> Look, you're not supposed to shoot a person in a duel, but like sometimes it happens and eh, eh. okay. He agreed to it. Eh. All right. And I mean, I say and, and Anthony's correct. Like this is culturally is like largely how you used to handle these things um uh you know some kids say some boys get into a scrap at school like you know they, they were playing a sport like they were playing football and things just kind of got out of hand and like like you say they all kind of walk around with like bruises and uh <laughs> say and like uh and, like and injuries it's like yeah like is it boys this is Boys will be boys. This is literally where that term originates in like, right. like one of like the very few contexts where it's appropriate. 
Um, <laughs> so, let's say, so like culturally, that was how we like, yeah, culturally, like, you know, that's how it was handled. Um, except that then some people, at, you know, as say for very, you know, for reasons, for their own reasons said, this is insufficient. The cult, as I say, um, and I say, and they, like, that can be, that can be malicious, you know, like, oh, we're just not satisfied with, uh, with the way that this person was punished. Alternatively, you can, you can be like, it can be like, you know, justifiable, um, these five, I say the five white, I say during integration, the five white kids beat up the one black kid. Well, boys will be boys. That's just how we, that's how we deal with it. No, no, they broke my, like, like this wasn't, you know, like they broke, like they broke my kid's arms and like that this was, this was cruel and malicious and no, that's not actually satisfactory. And it only requires one of those two things for the whole thing, like for like for the cultural solution to be insufficient, which is Correct. why we've all moved to like the legal solution. Correct. And that, as we guess, we're right. Doesn't because work we, because we can't agree on the culture. We can't agree on what the exception should be. Right. Yep. I mean, we would say boys will be boys, but like, I mean, girls fought in high school. Yep. And like, I didn't see the cops rolling up to arrest every girl who got into a fight either. Like, I don't know what were you fighting over. I mean, a guy, or just because we had beef, what are we gonna do? Arrest every high school? We, we, we're just no. This is not assault. Just go home, be grounded, go to detention, get ex- like be leave the school for like five days, and just we'll all agree not to charge. But now we don't have any cultural agreement, and so fights at school can turns into cops showing up. And so you, say, in some instances, cops shooting students. Yeah, right. And yeah, so no, there can be no legal exceptions, only cultural ones. Okay. Uh, I had one more question, which you technically already answered, but I still want to ask it because I think it's a good question. Um, <laughs> so uh, determinations of whether or not something is uh considered within the law or not are things that are usually handled by like judges in court and such that those are usually the people who we call on to make those kinds of determinations and so the question which i feel like you've already answered is uh what might be a recourse if an outlier issue did not end up in front of a judge which as we've discussed are cultural solutions which may or may not be sufficient (laughs) I mean, I, I want to throw, I, I do want to throw in, like, there actually is a legal solution to this, like, a, a legal solution to this problem. It's the jury. Mm, yeah. Right. The legal, right. I say, the legal system has a, has a way by which the, say, by which, cult, like, culture gets to decide. Um, I, I say, but then, I say, but then similarly, we, we, we actually just end up back where we were just a minute, a moment ago, because, well, who decides who's on the jury? Right. It's a jury of your peers, okay? But my peers are uh, who are my peers? Right. And um, then we're like, and then because of the way we do things, you're having to hold people forever. Like no one wants to hold a bus. No one wants to hold two sixteen-year-olds in jail while they wait for an assault case because they got into a school fight. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Just go sit in juvenile. Joe, sit in juvie while we process you and get your case in ten months. Go sit in juvie because you got to a fight at school. Like, that's absurd. 
It's just easier for everyone to just send them home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. And those are the sort of solutions I'm talking about. Uh, people talking with people. My son fought your son. Okay, well, now I guess me and you have to talk about it. Like, actually talk, not like talk Say, to each other. Like, we have to actually talk about this to make sure our sons don't fight again when they go back to school in like five days. Make sure and this I'll doesn't say, escalate. So like they don't escalate, and the like appropriate punishment can be can be right. given to both like to both sides. Right. Depend like right. Let's say why. Well, let's say why we get. Well, let's say why they get into a fight. Well, your your kid like your kid was a jerk. Well, yeah, but your my kid was a jerk because this thing. It's like okay, right. well that's re- that's really minor relative to what right. else. So. <sighs> Except now, nowadays, it probably ends in the parents fighting, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I, I would say more often than not, it ends up in the parents fighting. Right. Issues in school, anyway. Okay. So, yeah. Like I said, I just, I just wanted to kind of run that by you guys. Um, it's actually really interesting that we had uh, the meat of what I wanted this discussion to be when we talked about the poll. But I, either way, I still think it, this, this whole situation is very interesting food for thought. Um, and uh, like I said before, maybe maybe we need to reevaluate how we make laws, and uh, some of these things might be covered a bit better if we do. That's all I'm saying. Please, legislators, listen to that. This podcast has been brought to you. I'm sorry. <clears throat> this wonderful kingdom has been brought to you in part by Elyag Productions a studio for podcasters and musicians. And of course, the kingdom of Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcast, pod, damn it, podcasts, please go visit our kingdom at pointcast.news. Or you can also find a subsidiary of our kingdom at Apple Podcasts. Also be sure to like and follow us on our Facebook page for more podcasts, articles, and polls like the one we discussed today. Thank you, my friends, for joining me at this Kingdom Roundtable. Thank you at home for listening to our wonderful discussion. We will see you in the next episode. King Josh, departing.